You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. Blues, jazz, and hip-hop are three of America's original musical art forms and share a birth distinctly rooted in the ugly dichotomies of race, class, politics, and culture, which would explain the storied connection between them. Our guest is here to propel this creative evolution into the future and further congeal this symbiotic relationship. This all-embracing set of musical influences is keeping Grammy-winning trumpeter Maurice Mo Better Brown busy recording, performing, and producing remarkable music. He's here today to give us all 360 degrees of his musical life force. I'm your host, Melanie Charles. Keep it right here to hear his latest display of unbound tonal expression right here on B-Side. What's up? That was the move. That's that's the title track of the next record, right? Yeah, the intro song. But we'll get to that later. Before we we dive right in, who's performing with you today? We got uh, James Francis on keys. All right, all right. I'm on Cats on bass. Ooh. Jeremy Bean Clemens on drums. And Chelsea Barrett on vocals and tenor sax. Yeah. So, Mo, do you come from a musical family? Are your, are your parents musicians? How did this begin? Well, my mom sang in choir okay. growing up, and my, my grandfather's a pastor, so she grew up in church. Mm. And my dad, that, he said he played bass. I never heard him play bass, but <laughs> <laughs> he's always told me stories of I used to play bass. But, but I, the real musical uh, inspiration for me was my uncle, who's uh, Bobby Slim James. He's pretty well known, blues guitarist and vocalist mm. in Chicago, and he had a few hits abroad. And I actually, guitar was my first instrument. He bought oh. that for me, and I learned it and destroyed it watching a rock video, trying to <laughs> be like, um, and that was the end of my guitar days. Uh oh. <laughs> um. So. I heard that in the eighth grade, Winton singled you out, right? What, yeah. what did he say to you? What was that about? Oh, well, I went to see a workshop where he was at, and um, 
I was just so inspired by checking them out. I was so young and I just remember having my horn on my leg and bouncing, just watching them. And he was doing the workshop and he saw me. He was like, this guy has this horn. Anybody else got their horn? Everybody had their horn. So he's like, that only means one thing. We got to have a jam session. So then we started playing some blues and we all came up and played. We all played like one chorus or whatever and then keep it moving. And there was a lot of cats that were like a lot better than me because I was younger. But I guess he saw something in me then because I, I played my course and he was like, no, keep playing, you know. And then he kept me up there with him and um, took a liking to me and gave me a lot of guidance throughout the years. Uh, he, at one point he even helped me get a horn when I, when I couldn't get a horn when I was younger. So definitely Wynn has uh, been a, a great mentor to me. Who, who would you say are some of your trumpet influences? Well. Um, I like, you know, Wynn is a great trump player. He's definitely an inspiration to me. But I think when I think about my particular style and approach to playing the instrument, uh, Miles is a, is a big influence to me. Uh, Freddie Hubbard, uh, Clifford Brown. I really mm. like those guys. And Benny Bailey, a lot of people forget about him. You know, Charles mm. Tolliver is great too. So, uh, like, those guys are, are the guys that really influence me a lot. And a lot of sax players. You know, believe it or not, I listen to a lot of sax and piano and um, try to get my dexterity up to where a sax player can play or a piano player because they play so fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you went to Northern Illinois University. Yeah. What was that like? That was great. Um, that was a, a crazy time for me. I was working with Ron Carter at the school and he was, I was in his big band and he was he gave me a full ride to Northern. I was mm -hmm. all about that, but at the same time, I was just becoming a, a real professional musician. So I was going on the road with Oscar Peterson and Clark Terry and you know, like <laughs> Benny Golson. And, you know. So it was like I was getting pulled, pulled away from school thing with the gig thing, but mm -hmm. I was really getting to school with them too, so I had to kind of balance it out. So. Yeah. When, was that before or after NOLA? That's before NOLA. Okay. So Chicago was, you know, Northern Illinois University and Columbia College, and then um, I wound up going to Baton Rouge to go study with the great Alvin Baptiste. Ooh. So that completely changed my life. <laughs> Let's go deeper into that because I recently ran into you in NOLA. Uh -huh. I noticed that it's a trumpet-heavy place. There's oh, a lot yeah. of horn players and they're all showmans, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that's something that we love about you. Obviously you got chops and you can play, you got language, yes, yes. But there's also an added element of how to deliver the music that you really do special. Would you say that that is because of your NOLA time? Well, I guess it definitely had an influence on, on that. But I think from day one I've always felt music. I'm kind of like that person who plays like no one's in the room. It could be two people or 20,000 people. And it's no effect to me mm -hmm. as far as like the energy of me getting nervous or anything like that because it's kind of just do my thing, you know? And I try to have a good time. I think that's the most important thing. If you're having a good time, it's infectious. And yeah. the crowd has a good time. Everyone's having a good time. It's good energy, there's love in the room. And that's what we go for, that's the vibe. So the first song was The Mood. You're about to do On My Way Home and Intimate Transition. Can you tell us a little bit about those two songs before you do them? Yeah. Well, The Mood is the title track of the new album. Mm -hmm. The album is called The Mood. Mm -hmm. And uh, Intimate Transitions is a special song for me because 
it's just basically a very sexy song. You know? Okay. <laughs> and that's uh, what I was going for. I remember when I when, when I was writing this song, I was like, oh, I was getting goosebumps, and I was thinking like, oh man, like, how many babies are gonna be made from this record? Bars. You don't only play trumpet, you don't only produce, you got bars. When did you start rapping? How did that start? Um, I started rapping when I was little in Chicago. Yeah. Little Cypress, getting bullied with the big kids and yeah. <coughs> trying to get in and spit a little something. And yeah. It's just, uh, I've always felt like I can express myself better with, with my horn or either with like words mm -hmm. as far as like poetry. That's how mm -hmm. I look at hip hop, it's a lot, a lot of poetry. Mm -hmm. When you sit and write, you always can find yourself better, you know? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my personal growth as a person and as a musician, but especially as a person, has came from my writing and spending time with myself and just trying to um, see the world from a different perspective, from an honest perspective that I see and just try to make it something that's uh, I don't know, kind of tangible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I feel that because you, there's a marriage between jazz and hip hop for you. The love of hip hop or the love of jazz, which one came first? Uh, it's weird. It's, it was both for me, really. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, soul music was number one. That's why I grew up listening to soul music, you know, in blues. I grew up listening to that in the household on record players and jazz. So. That there wasn't a lot of hip hop going on at home, but okay. in, in, in my world, you know, my, growing up it was very like a part of the culture, you know, of who who I was, what I connected with, yeah. what uh, what spoke to me. Yeah. So so we fast forward to later on, you're doing collaborations with Jean Grey, yeah. Talib, B.O.B. Yeah. How has it been working with with these people? It's been it's been amazing, you know. It's it's one thing to uh, be able to work with some of the people that you admire, you know, like, I feel the same way in the jazz world. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. I was to records, and next thing I know, I'm like on the gig with someone, and I'm just like, yo, is this really happening? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's surreal, you know, and to be able to work with, uh, you know, people like Talib Kweli and Prodigy, amazing, and, you know, Omar, Soul Singer, and UK, mm -hmm. all these new projects I'm working on and producing, and mm -hmm. super excited to, uh, get all this new music out there, you know? Yeah, putting some hornification on there. I love oh, yeah. that term that you coined, hornification. Oh yeah, well that's, we have a, a after the move, there's another album entitled Hornification. Finally! Yeah, it's a, 
we, what we what we're saying, we're telling everybody like, yeah, it's hornification. They said, what does that mean? I said, oh, we're fornicating with our horns. And, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely <laughs> a lot of fornication. Yeah, so we're basically everything's very horn heavy, and that is party. You know, you can hear really hear the New Orleans uh, hmm. funk influence as, as well as the hip hop. And um, so we talked about Jean Grey's hip hop cats, but you've also worked with Aretha, the oh, legend. Yeah. Yes. Boy, um, <laughs> how was how that? How was that experience? Oh man, Aretha, she's great. It was, uh, I just feel really blessed. Like, the one thing about me is that I, I'm pretty well known on, on the jazz scene. And now I'm pretty well known on the hip hop scene for doing this production. Pretty well known on the jam band scene, the blues scene with Tedeschi Trucks, the work I did with them yeah. for the last five years. Yeah. So it's like now, being able to do a project where I can bring all my worlds together kind of was the logical evolution, the next step for where we're going, you know. Yeah, and you brushed a little bit on the Tedeschi trucks, but you won a Grammy with them for arranging the the horn stuff. Yeah. Talk about that. Like, congratulations. Well, thank Mo. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was, it's been a trip, you know. Like I said, I've been with them for five years. I just stopped like six months ago. Their new album is out. I did the horn arranging on that too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's doing really well. And uh, it's still like lots of love with me. And then I just saw them at New Orleans Jazz Fest and hung mm -hmm. out with everybody. Cool. Uh, I think they understood that I need to go. Uh, it's time. Yeah. Cause yeah. When you have it inside, you gotta get it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know from being on the road with you that you don't sleep. Right. You know, you're on stage and then you go to, to your room and you're producing something, you're working on some yeah. arrangement. How do you find the energy to to do it? And trumpet is not easy. Like, you gotta shed every day or else you're gonna sound crazy yeah, if you don't true. shed. <laughs> how, how do you balance all of that? One week off on the horn is like, one day is like a week off. So, <laughs> you take a week off, it's like a whole month off. So. It's very unforgiving trumpet. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just try to keep a, a routine, you know. Like uh, I think one of the most important things is to try to stay as healthy as possible. When I'm on the road, I'm working out a lot, and you know, running like three miles a day, and you know, just trying to eat eat well and take care of myself. I feel like that's half the battle. If you can do that, and then you'll have a lot more energy. Once everyone else starts to burn out, you can get that little extra push, mm -hmm. but. You definitely need to sleep. You know, I do need to sleep more. That's the one thing. I'm, sometimes I'm just really busy. Yeah. <laughs> like just now, just coming back from New Orleans Jazz Fest, I was there for two weeks, mm -hmm. and I literally wasn't going to bed till like six in the morning or something. I like bet. That. And the last day before I came here was all night. I went straight to the to the plane. You know, like. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, um, would you say that dancing, some dance hall helps? Talk about Moroccan dance hall. Oh yeah, Moroccan <laughs> dance hall. Yeah, that's the the next joint we're gonna play for y'all. about you Mo is that you've always had the respect of the elders which is very important you know you worked with Dr. Lonnie Smith when I first heard you it was because my mom was like let's go hear the trumpet player at Solomon's <laughs> porch you know so the elders always 
love what you do and I think it's because you always balance the old tradition, the, the real stuff with what's new. Well, the, the last project I put out was entitled Maurice versus More Better. That was the, the jazz versus the hip hop, right? Maurice versus More Better, like you just said. <laughs> uh, what was really cool about that, my critically acclaimed album, The Cycle of Love, uh, it did really well. And basically, Maurice versus More Better was a remix project. But it was more than that because we reimagined the album. We just took the, the files from the set the jazz record. Hip hop's been sampling jazz for forever, so I figured, why don't sample myself? So basically, I got all the stamps and I got with all my favorite producers that I work with, like DJ Scratch, you know, and all these great people, Sam Barsh, and we got together and made magic, you know, like they put it together and I had these tracks that we put together and I wrote songs to them and got with all the rappers and the singers and got them to sing it and, you know, to rap. And next thing I know, I had this like huge project that was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing, you know. So what are we going to hear on the mood? What's different? What's the same? What well, has evolved? What's different with the mood, first of all, it's, uh, there's no programming on the mood which means it's all what you see like on stage right now. It's mm -hmm. all live, mm -hmm. like completely live. Mm -hmm. And us playing and takes. Not a lot of overdubbing and stuff, but wrote the songs and got the vision very clearly to the, cross very clearly to the musicians where I felt like everyone's on the same page. You know, you can hear it in the records and I don't know, I'm just super excited about it. <laughs> when can we hear it? Like, come on. <laughs> I'm getting it mastered tomorrow. It's funny you're saying that. So it'll be okay. out really soon. Okay, yeah. all right. We got to wait, y'all. Where, where will we be able to hear it? Where will we be able to get it when it's finally out? Uh, everywhere that you can get music, of basically. Course. <laughs> That's how you do. That's how you do. Yeah. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about stand-up? It's a more politically conscious song, I guess. I feel like a lot of times we see things and we don't say anything because it doesn't have anything to do with us and it's kind of stuck on mine and just our business and going through life and tunnel vision mm -hmm. you know and basically this song is basically to wake everybody up it's like you know the lyrics are understand something need to stand for something take a stand for something lend a hand for something take my hand for something understand is nothing gotta stand for something while we fall for nothing time to stop the fronting yeah, we stand for something, never fall for nothing. That's all we want, you know, so that's what it is. Gotta stand for something, I will fall for nothing. Time to stop the front. Yeah, we stand for something, never fall for nothing. That's all we want. Stop rock and roll, everybody lose control. Everything I did, I did it since I'm four years old. The air land in the seat, they get into your soul. And I'm like a space rocket just waiting to explode. Homeless beings on this planet, begging me. Now I'm seeing what they seeing, they know it never lasts Getting high off your supply, they say they getting low You ain't hearing what they saying, send them to the stove My brothers be friends the cops, they can't It's not easy to see a good thing end, but unfortunately, time has run out on this exuberant experience. Thank you, Maurice Mo Better Brown. Make sure you get the mood. And keep up with Maurice on Twitter at, at MoBetterBrown. I'm Melanie Charles, and I hope you found this time with us gratifying. 
Be sure to check in or stop by our Brick House studio every Thursday to hear more of the best music Brooklyn has to offer. You can also check out this and past episodes anytime at youtube.com slash brick TV. All right, Mo, take us out with one last tune. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Alon Cole, Ro Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Moulet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. Mm -hmm.